Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, the man we call Hurricane Rennie, broadcaster Tom Rennie, was back with his no-nonsense views on the Premier League. And we reflected on the weekend. Uh, he was very happy, Hammer. He was good. Uh, David James joined us, talking to Hammers, former West Ham Liverpool keeper. Uh, he had some good advice for us this winter amongst the goalkeeping chat. Um, and we brought you some uh, clips of the week pewter, didn't yeah. we? Um, and we had a chat we about had the a weekend. Chat. Of course, we did, Andy. I talk. said how much I admire Burnley. Yeah, it's a basic, so like a Burnley loving, as you can imagine. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy, would you like to uh, be forceful in your praise uh, for Sean Dyche? Because it's your job, by the way. I know. It is. Andy, I've got, I, I've got I some... I was fuming yeah, after the game. Yeah, I did sense that. I couldn't possibly read out the <laughs> the, the, the messages that Andy so sent me on extra... He wasn't, he wasn't massively complimentary about, no, about I basically, uh, without the swearing, I basically wanted Sean Dyche to be tried with Seth Blatter and Michelle Platini <laughs> for crime, crimes against football. <laughs> Honestly, just it sit was, and watch that. But look, you know, one but person... When I, when I thought when about it in the cold down, light of yeah, day, of I course. thought, what a classic bit of Sean Dyche. A Sean Dyche master plan, or as I call it, a bit of Sean Housery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's brilliant what they do. I mean, they were they so defended, lucky. They did defend very well. Well, they, they sort of did. did. They did some great Would you have said they defended if, well if Chelsea had taken their chance and it was 6-0, which oh, is what no. it should have been? No. Possibly not. 24 but, you shots. Know. In the last two games, Chelsea have, have 47 shots at goal and they yeah. scored twice. OK, at least you had four on target. I'm still... Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have a clock outside the Spurs training ground as we can count down to the uh, the minutes that we haven't had a shot in. But the so. problem is, I was saying to you this morning on the phone, that Tuchel's got a problem because... When Lukaku plays, they don't create anything. Yeah. You think, oh, well, what's happening here? And then when he doesn't play, they create loads and loads of chances, but there's nobody to put them in. What they've so got, he's got to, to do, somehow Andy, work out how to what play they've got with to do it. is reverse that. Yes. They reverse that. They That'll have. work. Uh, so, yeah, but, if the clock know. outside Spurs so, is. Well, well, uh, well, let me just. Played. Let me tell you what it says. Three hours and 45 minutes without a shot on target. It's going to be like that one at St. George's <laughs> Park. Bounce <laughs> winning the. Wouldn't it? I was thinking, it'd make a great DVD for the Arsenal fan in your life, wouldn't it? Just a full. Just a sit there you think oh, I've got a quiet night tonight yeah. I'll just sit there for three hours and 45 minutes 
and not watch Tottenham have a shot on target. So, I mean, it's a bit of reverse marketing for Spurs. If they're interested, then get it in the Arsenal club shop. Yeah, I, I don't know, though, you know. It, it, it's just that when you go and watch a game, you, you hope for a bit more entertainment. Nick Pope was wasting time. He was wasting time in the first minute. Yeah. Even when they were 1-0 down, he was still wasting time. And, of course, you know why he's doing it, because they're basically going to play for five minutes towards the end yeah. and try and nick a goal. That's Burnley, exactly what they did. Burnley have always done that. You shouldn't have been shocked oh, no. about that. They but take they their time. But that's why Chelsea always win at Turf Moor, because you can't play like that at home. You were lucky in the end. They could have nicked it. They could have done, yeah. <laughs> could have lucky. But I imagine the language if they'd lost 2-1. Perfect. I mean, it was bad enough with a one-all draw. But, uh, all right, well, I'm going to give... Sean and his boys a pat on the back. I thought it was a great rear guard action. I've but, and you probably won't agree. They are right to get David Coote to look at it. Once he had the bald facts, he overruled it. Oh, OK, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's, um, <laughs> I tell you, we should salute. I think we Maybe we should find it. Um, Dance, um, he did a beautiful roundup. We'll find it for you. Uh, he did a beautiful roundup of the game involving Stratford at the week, Stratford-upon-Avon, mm. yeah. and they were in the FA Cup. And is is summing up his sort of minute roundup at the end of the game. Is it Shakespearean? Oh, was it Shakespeare? <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you want to ding. You want to just. It was brilliant. He got them all in. It was very cleverly done, though. So I'll say we'll find that for you if we can. His little roundup at the end of that match. I um, thought, yeah. uh, West Ham second goal. We were talking about this on the weekend uh, on Friday, rather about Weetabix saves. And, yeah, uh, from the ad, the old advert in the, the old sixties. Yeah. Rob Stokes who takes an, an, an sort of unnatural, unhealthy, interesting goalkeeper. Well, I don't know about that. He's written loads <laughs> of books on the that, subject, so it's not unhealthy if no, you're no, making a profit yeah, from it. He was, he was desperate to get the uh, clips. So I sent it to him, and uh, but I thought West Ham's second goal was a half Weetabix. Alisson dived over it, but he sort of touched it, so it was a sort of semi Weetabix. But yeah, yeah we're going to talk goalkeeping with David James. David James is going to come on and former. It's not many off, not very often to get a former England keeper on who tells you to put a jumper mm. on. Like your old mum. Go and put a jumper on. Well, like but your it, old goalie's jumper. Yeah. yeah. He'll be explaining more a little bit later on, but we are going to talk goalkeeping. There were some fine mm. performances, some uh, less so. Uh, Tom Rennie's going to be joining us in the studio as well, as, yeah. as he often does on a Monday, to look back over the Premier League weekend. We'll cover yeah. every game in some some shape. Um, did you see that... Uh, we, this is a cool subject we do every year. Mm. Uh, basically, who's in Panto near you? Oh, yeah. it's that time of year when you learn who's there. Uh, we discovered today that Arge is in Panto as Silly Simon. Obviously, oh, that's, yeah, uh, that's... I don't know what happened to Simple Simon. Obviously, I'm not allowed to say that anymore. No, it's, uh, silly Simon, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. And uh, <laughs> he's in Jackie... Silly Simon met a pieman going to the <laughs> it fair. doesn't make sense, does it, really? <laughs> and said Silly Simon to the pieman, my name's changed. And the pieman said, oh, yeah. So, but, you know, different times, you Is can't really say that anymore. calling somebody silly and simple? Well, I, I, don't, I, 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 I don't know if it's how you read it. I suppose uh, so, but they're fair are, enough. Really. That's the way it is. And, um, <laughs> well, I'm, just, you know, I'm not going to fight these things. It's the, you've no, got well, you can't. You've got to move with you it. You've got to move with man, the times. You can't start a one-man crusade. You can't. There's can no you? point. Anyway, what, <laughs> basically, um, yes, and now I've, I've won that. You've done that. Done so that. we're interested to know. We are quite <laughs> interested to know. I've just written something else that I'm not going to read. Who's in Panto around your way? Yes, he probably saved himself there. Also, the other thing this afternoon... Uh, was yeah. um, you, maybe your names that kind of that kind of get put you in the box seat? And those names that give you a free pass sometimes. I know it's the Luton player had a good game at the weekend, Admiral Musquay. Because I imagine if you're phoning, you say, have you got any tables? You're going to the Ivy or something. Have you got any yeah. tables or yeah, Salt Bay? Got any tables? Um, <laughs> Well, I'm afraid we haven't. Uh, who is it? Well, oh, this is Admiral 
Musquay, and they, they go, there's an admiral wants a table. OK, yeah, so you turn up and they're expecting you in the full regalia, all your medals. Not he's from, a, he's from not Zimbabwe. Admiral, there's not an admiral in Britain that would go to Thorpe Bay and waste their money. <laughs> I don't think there's many, I don't think there's many admirals who would pop in he's there with Gemma like Collins. He's like Rita Ora. Have you noticed? He's like, got to be a story about him every day. Yeah, I know. Usually involving money and how much it costs. And yeah. But apparently this bloke uh, went there, he was the... Uh, he was the Vietnam Vietnamese Secret Security Minister. Sorry, oh, yeah. I'll get that right. Viet Vietnam <laughs> Security Minister. Yeah. Uh, he's in trouble for going to uh, Salt Bay's restaurant. General To Lam. I don't know if he had the lamb. No, you can't probably have the lamb. You can't go there the and steak, have the lamb. But anyway, so he's in trouble for going there. Um, and probably right for okay. so, really. Well, anyway, it's very expensive. do let us know um, this afternoon. Uh, in line with that, I had a friend who had a, a colleague called Lord. That was his first name. If you go down well with Tim <laughs> Key, obviously. But his name was Lord. This fella, yeah, and so he'd phone up, you know, for stuff like I'm yeah. looking to do this, do that, or we can't help you. Who's that? Well, that's Lord Jacobs, yeah. And they go, Oh, yes, my oh, lord, yeah. no, and he'd never put them right, he'd just no. rock up. Oh, why not? Yeah, they with his monocle in Captain's the name that people is another name, isn't what, it? What's a first name, Captain? Oh, yeah, who's called, called Captain? Captain. Really, there are people called Captain. I'll just look it up. Hello, Adrian, <laughs> Captain here, he's got to go. <laughs> Conte's got to go. Four days, he hasn't done enough. He hasn't turned Ben Davis into Cesar Aspilicueta. He's had four days. He's got to go. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, what do you know? There's 122 people called Captain as what? a first name. I've never read the first. I've never yeah. met anybody called Captain, have you? Yeah, it's the 20,798th most popular given name in the United States. Wow, okay. Oh, well, you didn't say it was the United States. Well, all right. How many yeah. in the UK? I guess the real stats. <laughs> no, I agree. They're, gonna... they're called Skipper in the United States. <laughs> it's going to be great, wouldn't it? But Luton, uh, Luton signed him, so you got Captain and Admiral playing yeah. in the same team. Anyway, well, let's move on, shall we, for goodness sake. Talksport.com. Text 1889 tweet TS8 and J. Uh, Billy tells us they've got um, Sue Pollard, uh, Snow White, and the Sunderland Empire. 
I'm sure she'll do a, do a job in midfield for us too, he says. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, let us know who's doing panto around She might get way. the Newcastle job if Eddie Howe turns it down. And someone very much looking forward to seeing uh, Brian Connolly at uh, South End. Yeah, Cliff Pavilion. Nice. Coming this December, playing Buttons. Looking forward to it. going to go and see he's a, he's a great Buttons, old Brian. He'd be oh, fantastic. Yeah. Taking yes. my daughter for the first time to panto this year. She's nearly, yeah. she's one and a half, nearly two. Oh, she'll she be right. very exciting. She'll be scared. Well, she? Brian Connolly. No, no, not Brian, but of the. What, what panto I is it? I would see Cinderella. Cinderella. Oh, yeah, the ugly sisters. They, yeah. oh, they'll, they'll get I don't know who else is in it, but when we saw Brian Connolly, we bought the tickets like that. Just like that, yeah. of course. I went yeah. to see Charlie Drake when I was a kid. Eh? Well, that was a long time living ago. daylights out of me. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Why? Why? There was something scary about him. I don't oh, know okay. what it was. Sorry. I was going to say, sorry, Charlie, if you're listening, but <laughs> that's unlikely. Yeah. Uh, so, if you saw him as a kid, it's very unknown. He isn't. No longer. Uh, two different stories. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Give us a West, call if you're listening. West Ham versus Liverpool. <laughs> yes. You were there as a Punter, actually, you weren't working. They were coming up the game you worked on, but um, I, mean, I mean, you watch West Ham a lot. I do. Um, mm. what, what has changed? What What is different? What is different about the team that you're seeing now? Well, different is an interesting way to put it because I don't think much has changed for eighteen months. That That's what's interesting about it. A lot mm. has changed from the preceding year, two years, five years. You know, the whole Olympic Stadium bowl of disappointment era. Uh, but David Moyes came in and he professionalised the club, a club in desperate need of someone who knew how to run a football club. They grew well beyond their means, West Ham, when they moved stadium. And they were playing with people like Jonathan Cagliari and all these sorts of nonsense players. Uh, and David Moyes came into a squad with six or seven good players and a few that needed to be bombed out. And he's made astute signings. And, you know, we'll talk Man United later. Let's talk about coaches that make individual players better. Yeah. And there's a few coaches in the league. Thomas Tuchel is one of them. Antonio Conte is now another one. And David Moyes is one of those that makes individual players better. And look at the performances from Craig Dawson, from Ben Johnson, from Lucas Fabianski, who's having a bit of a career rejuvenation. Look at Pablo Fornells, yeah. someone he inherited from Pellegrini, mm. who has suddenly become the hardest working player in, in the league. He, he work, he's, never, he's never walking. He's always sprinting. He's always moving. Jared Bowen, Mikel Antonio. Mm. It's everybody. Yeah. Everybody's improved. Everybody knows their jobs. They're tremendous at set pieces. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's looked down upon for some reason by clubs. But get the set pieces right and you score a couple of goals. And a couple of goals, you're in every game you play. I mean, Zuma's good for five, six goals a year. He's great in the box. Yeah. But that was, that was incredibly his think, first though, goal. I was thinking this, yeah. Tom, yesterday, that Fergie... He was probably right to choose David Moyes as his successor, but it came at the wrong time yeah, for him. Yeah. Whereas if it now, if he if he was to take over now, you'd fancy him to do a much better job. I mean, you know, taking over from Ollie would be much better than taking over from. Yeah, Fergie. I absolutely see that argument. However, I think the the rejuvenation of David Moyes is part of the narrative. Yeah. He'd done so many years at Everton, and he had maybe become a bit stagnant. If you talk to Everton fans at the end of that era, they were happy to do handshakes all round and let him go. Uh, and since the the Sociedad Sunderland United debacles, you know, he went to Germany, he's worked for UEFA. He was, you know, when he first came in, he talked about trying to turn West Ham into RB Leipzig. And I remember laughing heartily when he said that. Yeah. And now you're a bit like, oh, okay, I kind of see what you were talking about. You know, yeah. trying to make us a, a self-sufficient, energetic, disciplined, respectable team. And he's done all those things and they deserve to win yesterday. Yeah, they what? did. They were... They were touch fortunate I mean Mane should have the Mane scored. header at the end was it heart in no, mouth if moment? it finished 3-3 yeah. three, three, you, you couldn't really complain West Ham were the better side no but I also agree. Craig Dawson at the crossbar Mo Salah died for the free kick for the, the first goal you know, Cresswell uh, could have been sent off Cresswell should have been sent yeah, off I, I think, think. Yeah, I don't just think could have been I think so should have been a little bit fortunate because they wouldn't have yeah. won it but it's worth minutes. saying as well away from the game because you know famously Moose said here that when the 
when the fans come back, is it going to be the same? You know, and they were great with no supporters mm. and supporters are back. And is it going to be the same? And I, I kind of see where he was coming from. It was delirium yesterday. Mm. That yeah, third goal went in. That, yeah. I was there at the Leicester game when oh, Antonio yeah, had a blinder and the Antonio mm. chant went round. And I came out of the ground. So the, kind of the pubs are open afterwards, like around the kind of uh, concourses and whatnot. And you go outside, and this is about half an hour, 40 minutes after the full-time whistle. There's still about three to 5,000 people outside singing the Jared Bowen's On Fire song yeah. outside. Like there's a jubilation, a delirium going on right now that I've not experienced ever mm. as a West Ham fan that you don't usually get anywhere apart from when your team has won League One or something. So where you know, are they going to finish? That. Top four? I think that that's the ambition now, right? I, I wouldn't <clears> come here to say that they are going to do it, but I'm certainly not going to discount them. And I'll tell you what, I said this to Jamie yesterday, your producer. I was sitting with him a couple of days ago, and I said, if they win against Liverpool, I reckon they win the league. Wow. And I was only sort of half joking, and I'm thinking, well, today I won't discount them. They're 50 to 1. It's an interesting... Mm. It's You've an interesting bet, haven't you, Andy? Bet. Yeah, because you you should have come with me five I weeks ago. Th- I do think the top three, <laughs> yeah. if you like to call them that, are flawed. Yeah. I do think that each team, you look at City, they're profligate, they're games where they miss so many chances and then they don't win the game. Chelsea, we know what Chelsea do. With, and if they can't get Lukaku going, then that's going to be a problem for yeah. them. They're not yeah. going to score enough goals. And Liverpool flaky in defence. Yeah. So, and that, that potentially you know, let Arsenal win if they can keep building on what they're doing. Oh, but yeah, we'll but come they, on to that. Yeah, we'll they. come on to them in a minute. Um, just a quick one on Liverpool. What did yeah. you make Liverpool seeing him in the flesh? Uh, I thought Van Dijk was imperious. I was mm. so impressed with him. And that's been the big narrative of the season for Liverpool. Is Van Dijk going to come back to the quality <laughs> he once was? And I saw him at Norwich in the first couple of weeks, maybe the first weekend. And that, I was worried. Was brilliant yesterday. The challenge on Bowen, mm. right at the end of the first half, yeah. the timing of it, and the way he... Look, Antonio played well, don't get me wrong, but Van Dijk just tucked him up. Every time Antonio went through, without seeming to get into a sprint at any point, he got back in front of him. So he was very good, but I'll tell you what, there was a certain naivety to Liverpool, because I think they played West Ham like they were the West Ham of last year. Mm. And to push the fullbacks on to that degree, against that front four, playing as they are, it led to... Uh, two of the three goals uh, mm. and the four nails goal and the opening goal because there was so much space for them, them guys to exploit. So they didn't make a plan for West Ham and that's all well and good when you win. When you don't, you look a bit silly. Uh, Leeds, Leicester, um, the uh, the Barnes goal was a standout oh, moment in that. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. the Rafinha was pretty excellent as well, but the especially the Barnes goal, a lovely finish. He's a superb player. He mm. is a superb player and, and it's an incredible finish and you know, same with Rafinha as well. But it just didn't, this game, I, I thought, was a game between two teams that are just scratching around for form, scratching around for identity, scratching around for consistency. And maybe <clears> that is because of the, the injury issues they've had. The big story, I thought, away from the game, 1-1 draw, not going to live long in the memory, but was Forshaw coming back. Because when it was the trio in midfield of Click, Phillips and Forshaw, Leeds looked fantastic. Mm. And they came to the Premier League, and those that hadn't seen them in the Championship before were a bit like, oh... Uh, where's the other bloke? You know, yeah. didn't even know he was going to be there. They were such a great trio mm. uh, when they were in the championship. And to have two years out, and he came off in like the 90th minute to bring a defender on to keep Leeds in the game, that was a brilliant story. And his interview afterwards where he said, I never gave up. And there's little things like that that do touch me. And I yeah. think that was one of the moments where you think that was lovely. It was so Leeds to give up a goal immediately. Of course it was. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. within set from the restart. And a big yeah. miss from Harrison. I mean, God, he should have... Well, he came yeah. in awkwardly, but he should have scored. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a yard out from a corner, but he's sprinting onto it. It's him yeah. on the shins. It, it can happen, but Leeds need Bamford back. Everyone knows that. Leeds need someone to take the chances they create. There's a few teams like that. They create chance after chance after chance. They get in the box a lot. They're always full throttle. But if someone's not there to put it in the net then they're going to struggle, which they are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Tom Rennie with us in the studio. We're looking back over the Premier League weekend. So we've got eight games to squeeze in. So we'll uh, continue with Arsenal versus Watford. Tom, mm. what do we find out about uh, Arsenal? They're on a very good run at the moment. They're on they? a very good run. They've had some very helpful opposition in that run. Uh, but I will say the goal shouldn't have stood. Like, this is the main issue with this, right? I, I hate it when players kick the ball out for an injury. They shouldn't do it anyway. But Danny Rose clearly does it. Lacazette clearly sees it. They take the throw and play on. As as Ranieri said, it was he said he lacked respect for the opposition. He absolutely did. Arteta's defence was just a bucket full of lies about we're such an honest, naive team. No, you were sly. And that's how you got this way. Nothing wrong with sorry, that. not sorry apology. Yeah, exactly. the, the, I mean, you can see as they were saying on Match of the Day 2 last night, Danny Rose is telling him to stay down because he half expects yes. that this might happen. Uh, but it's, I, but whatever I, happens... I had less of a problem with that, but I did think it was a foul. And it is a foul. It's, a, it's yeah. a clear foul. And yeah. like this whole bar for clear and obvious error. And I, you know, I'm happy that it's high and I'm happy to let things go. However, mm. he's bundled him to the ground and it's led to the goal. The first one, which is sort of not injury, injury, that's not a foul. It's a lack of decorum to then throw the ball in and start playing. But it's a clear foul. So you can see, I mean, if I was a Watford fan, if I cared at all about Watford today, I'd be absolutely spewing. And it's no surprise that Ranieri was. Right. Arsenal done, all right. As I, I said to you, I most weeks they've done all right. I like this sort of let it flow style refereeing, but a foul is still a foul. A foul's a foul, exactly. Yeah, this, is, this is the problem because they haven't got it right. But uh, yeah, we should talk... I mean, um, you should point out that the manager's yeah. not in control of that in the moment. He's not saying no. if you get a situation to carry on when the ball goes out... Play on, no, uh, I, I, you know. So I think to be fair, Mikel Arteta, he's not really particularly. In there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing moment. he can do, really. Is no, there? He can't no, say, yeah, awesome. that was bad from Lacazette. He says, oh, what do we do? Yeah, we're well, nice people. As honest. I said, I, I, I was less worried about that maybe than the foul. But we move on. Uh, what about Everton versus Spurs? Oh, uh, did you sit through the whole thing? Not, yeah. Well, I watched. I watched you had to. I watched. I can't believe I watched extended highlights, oh. knowing what the result was. But I mean, look, it's it's. Uh, I, I can see. I can see. Green shoots, even yeah. in four yeah, of days. The wing backs um, getting and creating yeah. opportunities. Even on the great finishes, that's no, how they have got good chances. So, Look, you've hired a sensational manager. Tottenham have a sensational manager at yeah. this moment in time. Uh, shrewdly hired by Daniel Levy, whatever he's done previously. It's an excellent hire. He will improve this squad over the next three months, four months, five months. There will be a top six challenge from Tottenham this season because of it. The question is, can he make Harry Kane a striker again? That's the question. If he can make Harry Kane so, a striker again, will, he'll do well. Will Daniel Levy back him? Because if he doesn't. He's got to back him because this yeah. is a great opportunity. Well, Conte would walk Spurs. away, wouldn't he? He would yeah. walk away. Yeah. And if, if that happens, then Spurs are in the mind. Well, you're exactly. not on, on February the 1st, as I said last week. The first press conference even, after the window yeah, closes, whether he's staying or not. Yeah, exactly. summer will be key, really. But Everton yeah. were very poor. I did them on Monday against Wolves and they were atrocious in the first half. And they, yeah, they, they held were. on for a draw against Tottenham here. But look, they're missing a couple of players. Fine. Totally accept no Calvert-Lewin, no Decore, no Yuri Mina. That's the spine of the team. So... Uh, take that caveat on board, but they are playing awfully. And the individual players away from that core player, I mean, you know, with the best one in the world, Andrus Townsend and, and Damari Gray, they held them up at the start of the season, but they now go back to what they are, which is average Premier League players. Nothing wrong with being an average Premier League player, but you're not a top six, top four Premier League player where Everton are aiming for. And Marcel Brandt there who does the transfers. I think he's got a lot of questions to answer. Uh, let's have a look at, um, where should we go? Let's go United versus City. I mean, so much has been uh, yeah. said about it. And uh, listen to Alex Crook yesterday saying uh, it's almost he did get the sense that it was damage limitation have we checked it, on Alex today is he alright well, well, has if anyone you, called him as he, as he rightly said if you'd offered it felt like a game somebody had offered Ollie 2-0 and he said yeah I'll take yeah. that 
this was worse for me than Liverpool because mm. at least at five 0 the game was so gone that you could uh, you could understand why everyone looked so <laughs> flat. But at two 0 it wasn't insurmountable, and they held on. Look, the second goal was a bit of a killer, absolutely. But De Gea made some great saves. They were in the game. That second half was utterly pitiful. And the commentary I was listening to, mm. the commentator said, "City are treating <clears throat> United with <clears throat> contempt. It's a contemptuous display because they're two 0 up and they can't be bothered anymore. Didn't even call for Grealish." Didn't even need him. They treated them like they were 2 0 up, away at Watford, job done. It's meant to be the derby. But what can we add here that hasn't already been said? Solskjaer yeah. cannot take this club to a top three level, but he will take him to a top six challenge. But he's got a top one budget. Yeah, that's very true. Um, should Brentford fans be concerned? Uh, Absolutely. You think? I mean, Thomas Frank yeah. says not. He looks at the numbers. Rare the numbers is such a blow. Numbers still huge. tell him they're going to be okay. It's a huge blow. Rayo is a huge blow. You know, mm. Alvaro Fernandez, God bless him. He looks like new Roberto. Uh, you know, he didn't make any massive howlers this week. Like he was very poor at Burnley last week, but that's an issue. The injuries are stacking up, and it happens to all the teams that come up and play in this sort of way. I keep saying they played like Stoke. I don't think that is the insult that some Brentford fans seem to think it is. They look long. They flick on, they go long throws. At least in Charlie Good, there's someone who can actually do a long throw as opposed to Matthias Jorgensen, who doesn't have one, and it's very frustrating, but they are going to struggle with the injuries they've got, and there's no one really in that second tier of players who can come in, and if you're losing games to Norwich City, you're in big, big trouble, um, whoever the manager is. And it was a strange time to sack the manager, but on the other hand, I would have got rid of him for wasting Billy Gilmore's talent. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it looks like it was agreed before he even went. I think everyone, I think Farker knew, but it looks like Stuart Webber knew it was going to happen. Can anybody keep him up, though, no, Tom? Is there anybody not. that can keep them up? Is this not? A t- you don't look at the game as a turning point of the week. No, weekend. I don't. I think that the squad see. is not anywhere near good enough to compete in the Premier League. Very impressive, Matthias Norman away at Everton. I saw him, and I watched the majority of this game at the weekend. He looks a good player, but Pookie's not a Premier League striker. There's not a great deal of Premier League talent. Need a big spend in January to even have half a chance, and I already think they're they're too far adrift of the others that will go on runs. They just won't do it. So I wouldn't take this job. A very good win for Palace, I thought, against an Info yeah. Wolves team. That mm. was a great result. Great performance, as, as yeah. much as anything. Else. They should be up there, Palace. Look, the, the games that they've played and should have won and haven't. And I'm thinking about the West Ham game they played, the Brighton game they played, Arsenal. the Arsenal game. They <clears> should be up there. They have yeah. been very, very good. And every week we say, "What's good about Palace?" And the answer is lots of things, but mainly Conor Gallagher. Yeah. Because he's just doing this every single week. <laughs> it's very week, funny every the Palace game. fans are urging the club to sign him. Like Chelsea don't want him. But yeah. of course Chelsea I mean, Tuchel likes him. So do you think, you think he'll be back next oh, year? absolutely he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Get, more play. than good enough. More than good enough to play for Chelsea. But definitely. he's got to keep it up through this season. If he does, you know, he's made James MacArthur. Again, it's players yeah. making other players better players. He's made MacArthur a better player. Yeah. He's given Zahar that licence to move forward because he knows his team are going to keep the ball. If you don't, I always think to when West Ham had Dimitri Payet, when he had the ball, you were like, well, he's not going to lose it. And so you used to see Aaron Cresswell get down the side. And then for four years after Payet, he never did it again hmm. and then suddenly people like Fornals are in and you see Cresswell having a great season again that's what Conor Gallagher is doing for Crystal Palace he is allowing other players to go because he's not going to give it away yeah. and it makes a massive difference to him yeah the MacArthur MacArthur mm. pass one for the Richard Harris fans <laughs> it was a great ball wasn't it to Wilf and <laughs> yeah. They, yeah I mean you can tell that's the other thing as well uh, you can tell the fact he's come out and done two match of the days he's not playing angry like he always yeah. does Wilf looks like he's enjoying no, himself and game, Palace play well, well. When that's the case, yeah. Um, Brighton Newcastle. Brighton Newcastle. Yes. You mentioned Shelby. That, that was oh, incredible. Was yeah. it with dunking goal at the end? I couldn't believe it. So that I was, was doing this game, brilliant, and I was, I was with Trevor Stephen for the game, right? And they get the free kick, <clears> and uh, I, I didn't quite see the incident. Firstly, I thought Callum Wilson had dived, so I had to do an embarrassing on-air climb down because I thought he dived, tripped himself up. But it's a clear foul yeah, from Robert Sanchez, yeah. who's an average goalkeeper but brilliant midfielder. You know, his pings <laughs> forward are incredible, but you know, he, he couldn't catch a colder guy. 
Uh, but he gets sent off quite rightly. Lewis Dunk goes in goal. And we're expecting John Joe Shelby. It's wet. It's raining. It's windy. It's the last minute. The centre-half's in goal. Ping one under him. Right? Put this right under the crossbar yeah. or fire it onto the turf. And John Joe Shelby is technically brilliant at these. Yeah. And then he fired it way out right. Yeah, and you know for amazing. a moment where well, you just don't know what to say. Mm. I was like a slack-jawed yokel. I couldn't <laughs> say a thing. I looked at Trevor and we were both just gormlessly staring at each other. Because yeah. it was so obvious. Yeah. And then they got a corner a minute later and you think, oh, now they're going to do it. And they didn't beat the first man. You know, it was another game where Brighton need a sledgehammer. Brighton needs someone like Adam Armstrong did for Southampton to smack that ball goalwards. Mm. And until they get someone to do that, and in fact, when they brought Mopay on, they looked a bit worse. You know, that seemed to ruin the performance from Brighton. Lovely technical footballers, lovely football. Tarek Lamptey's getting to the point now. It's his first start, I think, in the league this season since his injury. Teams are going to need to start putting two over that side to stop him because that's how influential and brilliant he is at beating people. And he kept... Mm. I mean, Matt Ritchie, poor guy. He needs a week off. He deserved a week off after that. <laughs> um, but Brighton didn't win. Brighton didn't win despite playing brilliantly, brilliantly well again. I think that's five draws and a loss in the last six. Yeah, and on Newcastle, what's, what's Eddie Howe got to work with having seen them in the flesh? <sighs> tough job. Mm. Uh, that is such a tough job. What he needs is a £500 million spend on January 1st. There, there's the defence. I mean, Kieran Clark, no. Jamal Sales playing poorly. Carl Darlow made some good saves. Matt Ritchie at wing-back, or bless him. You know, I, I like Al Moron. I think he works hard. I like I, Isaac Hayden, good championship midfielder, good solid player. And Wilson and Saw Maximan, they, they're good quality players, but there's so much wrong. And how Eddie Howe turns that around, would you now go Cavalier, Bournemouth style with that team? Yeah. I think they get some relegated. So mm. I don't know what you would do. I don't know why you would want the job. I wish him all the best. Uh, Chelsea Burnley, with Andy did uh, get stuck in a little yeah. bit earlier on, but just uh, briefly, uh, Tom? No, I to add, really. I think Chelsea, you, you know the story of Chelsea. They create chance after chance after chance after chance. They don't score when they should. Need Lukaku back. They've had their time without him now. I look forward to him coming back and hopefully the break's done him good. But Burnley do their Burnley thing. Hang in the game till the 80th minute, then try and nick it. Which they did. And I was pleased for Nick Pope uh, as well. He was out a long time injured. Very good goalkeeper. Uh, and he made a string of really good saves. So good to see him have a good performance against a good team for the first time in a long time. You agree with that, Andy? No. OK. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, no, he played, the, he played the, the game well. that cost Dean Smith uh, his, his oh. job in the end, Southampton... Versus, I mean, look, you know, having, having supporting a team that have just sacked a manager, it feels a bit hypocritical to turn around and say to Villa fans, well, a lot of them don't feel it was uh, the right move, but a lot of them, I even saw Stan yeah. Collymore, who's a, you know, a fan of Dean's mm. and the job he did, but even, fa even you know, fans like that are looking at it and think maybe it was time for a change. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion on it, but I think it was a gutless sacking. It was a gutless sacking of a man who's done so much for Aston Villa, and people will point to the calendar year and say, look how many games they've lost, but they'd sold their generational talent they sold their best player in decades and decades and decades and people will say oh you can't turn down 100 million it's you know and that's all fine release clause fine but when he's sold you can't expect them to be anywhere near the previous level 11 games later uh, and they sold Grealish and then they sacked the boss for not being as good as they were with Grealish yeah. it's a pitiful sacking yeah, this I was the time to back him and yeah. say you did so much for us you're a good coach we believe in you and now it's like who's going to be the next manager well, we don't actually know yet. It could be Arsenal, yeah. which I think would be very interesting. I mean, one telling stat. Mm. Southampton wouldn't want he that. He had but, yeah. Ings, Bailey and Buendia on the pitch 
for 24 minutes yeah. in total. He's not going to turn Buendia into Grealish overnight. Danny Ings, you always knew that was a risk because of the injuries that he gets. And Hazen Hootel last year managed him brilliantly well. Leon Bailey's a mistake. He's not Premier League quality. I don't know why they made that signing. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Dean Smith fancied him. That's fair enough. Maybe he could have done something with him. But 11 games. And in fact, before this little run, it has been a bad run. And I, I wouldn't let Dean Smith off the hook for the performance against Southampton or West Ham that I did watch in, in full length. But I would say before that, there were some really good performances yeah. this yeah, they season. they were great against Chelsea away, very which un, they lost. Uh, Watford yeah. on the opening day for, for 70 minutes or so. Some good showings. He's a good manager, and I think they should have shown some guts and backed him, and they didn't. It was a cowardly, yellow sacking, and I feel very, very sorry for Dean Smith. You know we talked about Marvellous and Camber's six roles, you know, the yes. Some bloke's done a meme. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, this is, yeah. Him out. Have you seen this? It's, it's, it's West Ham Clips who do it every week. It's, oh, very it's so funny. good. And he rolls forever and ever. Yeah, There's yeah. a new one today with Mo Salah doing the same thing. It's fantastic, yeah. Good stuff. Tom, thank you. A pleasure. We will catch up with you soon. See you at Cliff's yeah. Pavilion for Panto. Indeed. That's right. I assume you're Cinderella. Brian Conley's buttons. Don't miss it. Um, <laughs> we asked you also having a name like Admiral or Captain. Does that open a few doors? Jimmy White's been in touch. He said, being called Jimmy White was always very useful. Oh, yeah. When I was booking Paul and Snooker tables over the phone. They. I'd say that's who's it voice Jimmy White they say the Jimmy White and he'd say well it might be but that means it isn't really doesn't it <laughs> it I might used to, be he said but they would edge their bets and I'd get the best tables um, so he says quite not, a common name as is Steve Davis doesn't work quite but if, you're, if you say hello I'd like to uh, you do kind of I don't know if I think Jimmy's from uh, the Northwest. I don't know if he can perfect uh, the other Jimmy White's Cockney accent but anyway thank you very much Jimmy for that keep those coming talksport.com text 81089 tweet TSH and J the Hawksby and Jacob's Daily Podcast. We mentioned earlier on about your name giving you a leg up at times and mm. um, one of our listeners got in touch, Dan in Kent, says, booked a round of golf while on holiday in Florida in 2000. Booked in my mum's partner's names, Mr. T. Woods. <laughs> it's Trevor, of course, but I didn't mention... Trevor Woods. <laughs> mention that. Mr. T. was Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, got a good, a good tea that's time. That's excellent, isn't it? Well done. Thank you very much, Dan, for that. So your name giving you a leg up, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet Yeah. Now, yesterday was the London to Brighton vintage car rally. <laughs> and I was reminded at the time the time that we wanted to use Martin Bodenham. Do you remember that? We yes, I do. The old Premier Fantasy League Ball. referee. But he couldn't make it because he, he does the London to Brighton we vintage were, car rally every yeah, year. It was the only, he said, it's the only day and <laughs> I can't do in the, the only day in the year. He probably sounded like he would have done Christmas Day. <laughs> but the one day uh, he couldn't do was, he couldn't do was that one, which That's was a true. bit strange. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> there's some Beckham related planning news. Oh, yes, again. Yes, it finally went through. This was the thing um, at Soho House. Uh, they're going to be a new football pitch on his doorstep. Oh, yeah, we heard about this. It's absolutely yeah. nothing to do with David Beckham whatsoever, other than he lives reasonably nearby. Uh, it's got the green light to expand with more holiday homes. Oh, plans include a five-a-side pitch just 200 yards from... Uh, David and uh, oh, wife Victoria say so it's quite near. That's like two hundred yards, but not that planning long. news. But planning news, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think Eddie Jones could have done a lot better than picking on Raducanu. I thought that was incredibly odd, poor effort yeah. by him. Yeah. You know, uh, she's won more than you, mate. I won't worry about it. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Yeah, he did steam in, doesn't he? In, in an effort to protect a young player and sort of yeah. say, don't go down the showbiz route. I mean, you know, she was going to get some offers. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't think she's done too much. And uh, it was quite amazing to go and win Front that. page but... of Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, whatever it is, yeah. wearing Christian Dior clothes. All that is a distraction around her. Well, give her a chance, you know what I mean? You don't know, do you yet, really? But there you go. He, uh, yeah, he's trying, to protect, uh, he's trying to protect Marcus Smith, isn't he? He doesn't want him going down the, the showbiz route. 
but uh, Scotland, brilliant performance by Scotland in the rugby yesterday. It was fantastic. Yeah, the Aussies, that was really good. Oh, that's a good idea. I did not see it. Ah. Anyway, I'm sure we're going to be bringing all the uh, autumn international uh, rugby um, here on the TalkSport and TalkSport 2 throughout the, the tournament. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and uh, Andy uh, Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Just to let you know, Harry Hill will be among uh, our guests tomorrow. Uh, Charlie Baker's uh, in. And on Friday, we will be live from Cheltenham uh, with yeah, our good friends forward. at Paddy Power. Yeah. We, got, we got live racing for you. I did, um, I'm going to talk to David James now. Um, and I've got a great stat for you, Andy. This is, half of Britain's homes are heated to the same temperature as Barbados. It's ridiculous. It's great. Yeah, well, your friends in the it. pub with that. Put a jumper on. Uh, I'm sure David agrees. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I mean, obviously, this is a green issue and we're, we're halfway through a sort of cop at the moment. So it's uh, important stuff, isn't it, really? And a lot of people are prepared to sort of wander around, whack the heating and leave a T-shirt on and not think of the consequences. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's funny. I hadn't heard that one about the, uh, the comparison to Barbados, yeah. but... Um, traditionally, I am the, the guy who doesn't put the heating on when it gets cold, chuck a jumper on and just walk around. Actually, if I'm on my own, I'll just uh, even when he turn lights on. It's one of those things. <laughs> just, in the dark and the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's There's supposed right. to be yeah. a limit there. Well, well, but the thing is, the thing is, you know, you put a jumper on, then you walk. Yes. And the, the idea is sort of heating up the whole house. And people, and I, I'm, I have been that person. Well, um, especially when I had kids, where it was like the whole house needs to be warm just in case the kids go in one of the rooms that they hardly ever go in. It's kind of like, um, you know, you heat everything up, but ultimately you don't need to. And you say 23 degrees is is too warm. If you're going to have it on, and I agree, I fully understand that people do need some heating, then between 18 and 21 degrees, you're not going to feel a massive difference and you're going to be saving so much carbon. Wow. So you would have you would have loved being a goalkeeper, say in the forties and fifties, when nice when goalkeepers jumpers. wore jumpers. We we saw the German keeper's jersey in the in the National Football Museum last week from the fifty four World mm. Cup. So proper knitted woolly. Oh yeah, isn't it? He was wearing. Wouldn't have been great in the rain though. No, it would have weighed you down a bit. <laughs> well, it's funny to say that because I, I I moved to Iceland, lived in Iceland for six months. Mm. Um, and we used to walk around in shorts all the time. You know, it was like I think it was the coldest summer that they had had in 30 years it was like 10 degrees max wow. so we walk around a short it was, it was fantastic until it rained and when you just brought up a memory there and i can literally remember standing in the goal shivering hoping that no one shot because i knew i was physically incapable of saving it so <laughs> uh, and before you start saying anything that didn't happen when i was in the premier League. <laughs> no we know that it's interesting that after that cold snap you went to you went to kerala didn't you so you heat it heated up a bit <laughs> Uh, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, again, this is one of the, the, the craziest things about it. Being out in Kerala, sorry, uh, there's such a dependency on wood and stuff, you know, carbon emitting fuels, and they've got this plant called the water hyacinth, which is actually a fuel source, um, and it needs someone to invest in 
um, actually using this pest, essentially, because it breaks down the uh, biodiversity of the, the waterways, uh, to turn it into a free fuel, a zero-carbon cycle fuel. So, anyway, I thought I'd chuck that one out there for any uh, yeah, one of the entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes, indeed. The, um, it's a sort of interesting weekend, goalkeeping-wise. I mean, that old argument about goalkeepers being protected and what constitutes a foul on a keeper, and this was Jurgen Klopp clearly feeling that... Mm. That uh, Allison was yeah, was impeded against your old club West Ham. I thought it was a foul, but you know, I'd be interested to hear what David. Yeah, thinks. what did you make of it? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a few things in that whole setup. First of all, Liverpool have uh, a heavily zonal marking system, or marking system. That's actually a contradiction in terms. They have a zonal defensive system for corners, um, and which allows the likes of Antonio to stand on Allison. Now, that, why why that wasn't seen before, I'm not sure, because then it compromises Allison's position. He's more focused on Antonio, and as you can see, I mean, Jane Redknapp did a great example for it on the show yesterday, where Allison is bothered by Antonio. Then, when mm. by the time the cross comes in, he's not in the right. Uh, position and therefore compromises his attempt to try and deal with it. Was it a foul? Absolutely not. Uh, Ogbon has gone up, um, no intention of elbowing or catching anybody. I just think that Allison found himself in a in a vulnerable position and it was sort of compounded by the second corner where once again there was that interaction with uh, Antonio and what would be, a, I tell you what, it's the sort of cross you put in in a training session and you say make it realistic but that corner comes in and again, because he's found himself out of position, um, it becomes a, I say, a routine header, but a, a great header from Ogbonna. And you just, again, you sort of question the setup from a Liverpool perspective, knowing that West Ham, top of the league for goals against uh, in set plays. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, you, you, from strictly from a goalkeeping point of view, you could say there was something that could have been done better, but that's something you need to practice if it's not the way you set up normally. There's a lot more leniency around it. I mean, mm. this is obviously, it's been decided, isn't it? The refs have been told not to blow up every time somebody gets near a keeper. So, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the, the advantage has swung to the... Yeah, to as the long effect. as they're consistent, then it's yeah, fine. no, that's key. Well, it's going, it's going old school. It's like almost wearing a, a jumper from a charity <laughs> shop rather than going out and buying a new one when you get cold at home. Mm. Um, it is going a little bit old school. I think, uh, you know, so sort of go back last season, season before, I would have let in 50 less goals from the leniency of uh, referees. But, mm. you know, as you say, it's going old school and in the end, you've got to adapt to those environments, haven't you? We saw some great goalkeeping performances at the weekend. I, I, I thought the save from De Gea was an amazing... You know that moment when you just think, that's going in, that's a goal? Yeah, and it's often the mark of a great poor, save. it was a good save. It? Yeah, I mean, you know, he was the difference between that and a proper slaughtering for, uh, for United. Yeah, uh, which one are you talking about? Because he did make a few in, I think he made five saves in six oh. minutes. Uh, yeah, the one, one from Jesus, from really, where he just you just thought he's turning on this, he's going to put it in. It was a brilliant save. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I actually thought the one, I think it was De Bruyne's save was better than the one he took around the post. Mm. But um, again, I mean, it, it, it's interesting you mentioned Alisson uh, because I think he's been exposed, exposed too many times this season already. Fortunately, you know, he has been in great form for the uh, most of the season. Therefore, Liverpool have got through. But De Gea is, you know, putting in performances which would give him the 
player of the season tag again and uh, you then question what's happening in front of him but Ben Foster I've got to give him a big shout oh, yeah. that penalty yeah. save was nuts <laughs> yeah I thought he, he's, uh, he's still a I mean still a great keeper isn't he I mean there was a couple of big saves he made in that game and he's uh, you know he's obviously he's looked after himself um, much as you did and it, it's, it's he's still really really a very good keeper yeah I, I, I like, like Ben Foster I like watching him play I think he's uh, again, he's not stereotypical in his uh, in his performances. He's still got lots of agility. I mean, the fact that he saved the penalty with his knee and his hand um, obviously kept a good focus on the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's true. If it, if it wasn't for him, then that would have been a comfortable... I say they lost anyway, but it would have been a comfortable uh, defeat in the end. But um, yeah, I mean, 30, was he 38 years old? Yeah. Still got a few years. I tell you, we've still got a career in Iceland and India to wait for you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting, definitely. Uh, we well, should. Homer Homer Rison's just taken over the old team IBV, sorry, in mm. uh, in Western Ireland. So if, if if Ben's listening, I can always. Uh, Fancy it. Yeah, I think he'd quite like that riding his bike around Iceland yeah, with, a, with the GoPro on. I think he probably. I think he's still got. He's still got uh, chance at Watford at the minute. The um, for sure on the international front. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about. Ramsdale and the way he's playing and he was on uh, TalkSport <clears> last <throat> week with Darren Bent and the guys and saying you know they're saying could you be number one he said I've got to get a cap first and you've been in that situation where you're looking to get in you've got you know you've got someone like David Seaman who probably was at your time in front of you just trying to get your chance and establish yourself but there's always competition there's always you know you were probably in a little roster of three or four great keepers all, all vying for the shirt it's not easy is it? No absolutely not I think the Sort of speaking from experience, the one thing that he's got to be careful of is that he doesn't get frustrated with the situation. Um, uh, you know, when Johnson played, I think it was Johnson played the last game mm. or the game before. Um, you know, Rams, uh, Aaron, poss- poss- sorry, Rams had a chance of uh, possibly getting a nod then, um, but didn't. And I know, you know, sort of a couple of years in Liverpool's first team, keeping clean sheets regularly and not getting the cap, you, I got frustrated. Um, and then eventually when the opportunity came against Mexico it was kind of like a bit of a damp squib in the end because it, was, it wasn't it was what I expected it to be uh, but I think he's you know, he's proven himself worthy in, a, in an Arsenal side who are you know, completely turned around now and mm-hmm. if you want your number one goalkeeper for England to be in the best shape then arguably it's playing in the best teams or teams playing at their best shall I say Um because concentration, like on the weekend, I and mean, then he wasn't overly asked into into action on the weekend, but kept his clean sheet. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're the ingredients you want for a England number one, isn't it? So ha- happy challenge, I'd say. Yeah, a few to choose from. I mean, Nick Pope and Sean Dyche are saying you know, he thinks well, he should be in the yeah. In the mix I mean, he was well. unlucky not to be in this. Week. He's been injured a long time. He's just come back, hasn't he? But um, yeah, I suppose in that situation when you're all vying for the shirt, it, it can't be easy. Who, who is? Who for you is the best? I mean, it seems that, I don't know what the situation was with you and Sven, but once you do well for someone and there's trust there, it, it seems it's that position that's, it's a bit more of a constant than an outfield position once a manager trusts you there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, Jordan Pickford for England, uh, it's been said many a time, you know, he, he hasn't let the country down. It's not the case where, and I think it's right that you can't look at league or domestic form and then say because of that he has to be the England number one. My point about Ramsdale is that when you're in a side that's playing well and Arsenal are that side at the moment, more so perhaps than 
button quite easily than uh, than Everton at the moment, then you would say all the things that you would expect England to encounter in matches, I uh, lots of domination, lots of focus from the goalkeeper. Um, Aaron Ramsdale's doing that on a week-to-week basis. Now, as I say, Jordan, having not let the country down, doesn't deserve to be dropped. But, you know, there's an opportunity for Gareth Southgate, you would argue, to, to say, well, let's have a look at Ramsdale, see see what he's like playing in that England side, see if and massive things change. You know, where you're preparing for an England game is very different to preparing for club games. Being a sub who's going to come on is a different preparation to knowing that you're going to start. And, mm. you know, we're going to go into a major tournament next year and we want every player who starts that game to be the best version of themselves. Um, and the only way you're going to get that sort of knowledge is by giving them the opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I mean, England manager with uh, headache over selection. I mean, it's a perfect scenario, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, David, good to talk to you as always. Uh, we'll leave you go and get a woolly on. It's uh, Utilitor Energy's <laughs> well warm campaign. They're asking you to uh, 30 million households to turn down the heating amid the energy crisis. Go and get yourself a get yourself a jumper out the cupboard. Yeah, good idea. Uh, good to talk to you, Dave. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good day. David James there, former England Liverpool West Ham keeper. And Not leggings. Isn't that good just being warm on top? You know, you do you like to wear leggings? Thermal. Do you wear no, a thermal under, you wear, undergarments. You are a man who likes a thermal. I've seen you get a bit of a sweat on, though. Yeah, you go I don't thermal, wear them now. You no, go I, thermal early doors. I'm no, 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 I'm not this year because mid-August. this office is very hot. So yeah. <laughs> you can't be, it's too bad. You just have to suffer the cold. Otherwise yeah. it'd be too hot here. No I remember you bought this very thick kind of um, jacket once from an old mutu- uh, an old friend oh, yeah. of yours who was in the rag trade, and it, <laughs> it was, was like it was like the thickness of about four Polish army. It was blankets. designed for like the north. Of it was. It was basically it was Siberia, wasn't mm. it? Somewhere, but uh, you were wearing it around the streets of Chiswick, and yeah. Uh, you're like, oh yeah, God, God, I would see a bit uh, of a dab on. I think it was Palace at Selhurst. It was a midweek game. It was freezing, and I had to take it off. I was too hot. <laughs> That's how warm it was. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yeah, just a, a handful of old clips. They're not the classics. They're not the greats. You're not going to hear them on Christmas Eve. But there's some good ones in there. There's some. Mm. There's a few nuggets in there. Um, we will begin with uh, Mike Parry talking about the meaning of Christmas. I think Christmas is mostly an opportunity for families to get together yeah. to re- reinforce the, you know, the unity and, and, and the sort of nuclear um, uh, centrivity, for want of a better word. I think there are better words than yeah, centrivity. Like- There's actually words rather than <laughs> non-words like centrivity, Mike. And here's newsreader Lisa O'Sullivan with a cricket update. They're 42 without loss after scuttling South Africa out for 119 in the fourth one day. Um, I have to say that I switched TalkSport off for about an hour this morning and then turned it back on again. What? What? Nice for one. Just somebody was inter- interfering with me, as it were. Yeah, thanks for that, Lisa. Um, here's Midlands football expert <laughs> Nigel Pearson now. People talk about Mick McCarthy and defeat today and maybe being uh, monsooned at the foot of the table by Christmas. Monsoon. <laughs> That's the waterlogged pitch. Waterlogged pitch, I'm guessing. <laughs> this is Mike Parry and Andy Townsend about to start a competition with Mike out in South Africa for the 2010 World Cup draw. Yeah. Very, very easy to play. Just got to be careful with Porky. He's been up to Stellenbosch. He's had a bit of a tough week. Legs hey. are starting to buckle and get a bit weary. But nonetheless, I fancy he'll get through it with no cock-ups today. Right, toss that coin, Michael. Right, toys cost. 
Toins. No comes today. Toins cost. Just the first two words. You can imagine Mr. Parry on the old. South African wine region. You can imagine what he would have been like. Yeah. Um, Adrian Durham now taking a call. Two double three double four. Rob's an Arsenal fan. How you doing, Rob? Yeah, nice. How you doing? Hi, Rob. Hi, right, mate. Yeah, good. I just wanted to say, I mean, I'm actually, uh, I'm proud of having a manager that's a stand-up, stand-up bloke, stands on what he thinks. At the end of the day, should he be another one of these two-faced hypocrites that, that, that basically has time for someone and has a because he's pathetic? I understand exactly what you're saying. What? Is he? <laughs> Very good. We were struggling at the end there, Adrian, but well done. Uh, what's this, Andy? It's Andy Townsend and Mike Parry talking games consoles. Bad enough when the kids are on it. Yeah. But I've but I, I've known footballers. I mean, David James years ago didn't he come out and said he plays these games? Oh, the boy, the, the, what's that? Uh, the boy game or something? The boy box? What's it called? You know, the thing you sit there and it's in the handheld thing. Yeah, the boy box. game, the boy box. They're absolutely fine. They're both, yeah, they're both fine. Uh, and with the 2010 World Cup a few months away, South African broadcaster Neil Manthorpe uh, ran us through how the country was preparing. I don't think that very much serious thought and planning and consideration has been given to what to do. We're going to have 10 brand new spanking stadiums. Spanking stadiums, OK. <laughs> yeah, marvellous. Um, I think we'll move on. This is Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues taking a call. Brian's on the phone in Stourbridge. Hello, Brian. Hello. Yes. Hello. Um, it's all right. Sometimes from handheld. Oh, yeah. That's what the beeping is. Oh, yeah, OK. Um, I, first, first time caller. Mm-hmm. I was listening to you. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Alan Brazil now with something of a Freudian slip. Yeah. You know, Arsenal will be looking at that table this morning, Stuart. And they'll be looking Chelsea 64 favourites now, 24 pints. <laughs> 24 <laughs> pints. How many times have we it's had never, that one? It's never far from his mind, is it? <laughs> a very youthful sounding Darren Goff now talking Christmas. I want to have some heavy rock metal band playing music in my house near Christmas when I'm putting the Christmas tree up. I want music, what's going to relax me, get me into the spirit and get everyone excited. I don't want ping bong, ding, ding, or bing. I don't know if I've heard that one. That's it's, great. It's very much from the was. heavy rock metal oeuvre, <laughs> though, obviously, uh, Goffey, very nice. Here's Late Night presenter George Galloway taking a call. Here's Eric in slow. Go ahead, Eric. Eric, go on. Uh, hello, George. Yes, go on, son. Hello, I'm good, I'm talking in slow tomorrow afternoon, in fact. Uh, whereabouts? I'll tell you that shortly. I've not got it right to well, hand. Anyway, first of all, you know... Uh, Eric, this is confusing. You have to turn the volume on your radio down, sir. Okay, I'll turn it down. Yeah. Goodness me, we've reached a uh, okay, got an impasse. Here. Go ahead, Eric. Yep. Right. Oh, getting nervous now. Take your time, son. What was it talking about, George? <laughs> Didn't go quite as well as Eric thought, really, did it? <laughs> We normally play the clips of the week uh, jingle the after that. Ones. Yes, <laughs> what's next? Uh, core of the decade, rather. Back to Fisherman's Blues again, uh, this time with Nigel Botherway. Because the last thing I want to do is take, you know, some schoolboy fishing friend of a friend's son or whatever, and I don't want them to think that you need to have a £200 rod and £100 reel to be able to catch fish. The only thing the fish sees is the sort of last 12 inches of your tackle. I'll grow up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what he meant. And finally, this is Andy Townsend and Mike Parry. And if you wanted Mike's broadcasting style 
boiled down to his essence in 10 seconds. Here it is. They always arrive yeah. when you're in a hurry. They yeah. always arrive yeah. when you ain't got the time to sit yeah. down and fill it in. They never, yeah. you, ne- you never get one of those when you know, you're know you having a you having a few days off or yes. you're just chilling out. You think, yeah, I'll do that with a cup of tea for yes. half an hour. Yeah. Always lands on the doorstep yeah. when you're up, when you're running around yeah. like, a, like a blue-ass watson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, so there we are. There's some more clips of the week, Peter, from 2000. He does that to Jeremy Vine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think, yes. Uh, yep. Oh, you're, yep. Almost certainly. Anyway. Um, yeah, we'll bring some more of those uh, next week and we'll have the Clips of the Week back on Friday live from Cheltenham where we're there for the, the Paddy Power meeting. Uh, we'll bring you some live racing as well with Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow from uh, one, Charlie Baker and myself, with uh, Harry Hill in the studio. Andy's back uh, on uh, Wednesday. If you can join us from one tomorrow, great. If not, podcast available at around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.